welcome to episode 309 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I am Ollie Spake and I'm joining from home once again on Dharawal country. And I am Melissa Ellis and we're back, Ollie, and recording from Wurundjeri country. We are back, Mel. Uh, Is it good to be home? It is. Yeah. Yes. They left it in pretty good condition. They did. They did. Uh, um, Look, firstly, huge thank you to the (laughs) fill-ins. Not the parents, the fill-ins, uh, but Mel and Scotty. It was just lovely to hear them again. I know I really enjoyed listening to the episode and uh, yeah, just hearing a few of the references to some of their previous segments, but a couple of challenges in there too. But um, it was a busy time for us though, Mel. So we really appreciate them having filled the seats and kept the podcast going. We do. Uh, did you enjoy your week off, Ollie? I did. Um, doesn't feel like a holiday. It's been full of work, but <laughs> it has nonetheless still been a great week. Yeah. What about yourself, Mel? I did too, yes. Um, uh, it's Halloween today, so happy Halloween. And I do apologise if I do get distracted with knocks at the door with trick-or-treaters. That's always going to be a risk when it's Halloween night and – Chico's just decided to have a coughing fit right on cue for recording. But I've got some jokes for you. (laughs) Okay. All right. Halloween jokes. Yep. How did the zombie become good at trick-or-treating? I don't know. How? Dedication. (laughs) (laughs) And here's one for the office lady. Who does a werewolf go trick-or-treating with? Mm -hmm. His cousins what wolf and when wolf? They're fantastic. Pure gold. One more, one more. What Halloween candy is never on time for the party? No, no, three out of three. I'm stumped. Yep. Choco late. (laughs) (laughs) Far too intelligent for me, these jokes. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, look, they're bonbon worthy, Mel. So they well are. done. Thank I you. I know. We have to enjoy Halloween. Ollie, I've just spent the last two hours out uh, volunteering for mm. a local Halloween charity event dressed as a T Rex with Abby's mum being an absolutely fabulous um, Mel. Uh, oh, now I can't say who she was. Maleficent? Mal- Mal- yes. Maleficent, is that how you say it? That's how I would say it. Excellent. If yes. I could say it properly, yes. And Abby and Hannah dressed as wonderful little stormtroopers and Darth yes. Vader's. <laughs> yes. So, brilliant night and organised by none other than the founding EDs of Wyndham Vale Park Run in their local area. Oh, nice work. That sounds like mm. a, a fun time and it, uh, obviously the weather is a little better now in your neck of the woods. Well, turned up, Ollie, in the area and it was pouring with rain so I was a little concerned but uh, thankfully those parkrun weather fairies came to the rescue and everything just cleared up and we had a fabulous evening. So, And shout out to Maria and Andy from Windvale Park Run. It was a fabulous night and no doubt raised a lot of money for charities. Nice work. But speaking of fabulous times and, well, the weather holding out, we were fortunate to enjoy both to an extent at least, and the extent bit is the reference to the weather uh, at Bathurst which is really that's the key reason why we were away last week. Of course, wanting to hear from Mel and Scotty was another great reason. But, Mel, have you had a chance to reflect? And, and do we need to give the listeners a bit of a, 
I guess, a, a verbal image. Well, Elise, uh, with this being our first chat since our weekend away at The Punish. Mm, um, that's true. I'm happy to give the listeners the recap, if, if I may. Absolutely. Please. So firstly, can I start with a huge thank you to Jen and Steve, Bathurst Parkrun co-EDs and Panorama Punish race directors who made us feel warmly welcomed and acknowledged us as a group. The Bathurst Parkrun on Saturday the 27th of October attracted a course record of 332 for event number 270 with Ollie and I joining the party at the back in the Parkwalk Vests. Aside from Jen and Stephen, this visit gave me the opportunity to meet for the first time many adventurers, including Melissa Curry and husband Peter, as well as Brett and Tanya Bailey and Tanya Pollard. And with a count of 24 adventurers in attendance, plus Heather Morgan, it was a lively and festive <laughs> morning. And Subtle. Our, <laughs> and our biggest non-palm crowd. Now, I can't give a recap without mentioning that being the 22nd of the month, we all donned our tutus, even Ollie, and as well mm-hmm. as making for a colourful and celebratory group photo, we recorded a rendition of Happy Birthday for our adventurer friend Janet Reed, who was celebrating her relatively low-key birthday on board the mothership. Too-too! Ollie, we joined the Bailey shot either side of their Juicy Fruit camper mm-hmm. camping at the Bathurst showgrounds. And if you're listening with anticipation for one of Mel's top tourist tips, well, here it is. When taking an inflatable mattress camping, you would be well advised to also bring some form of electric pump. (laughs) Anyway, as much as I could talk for hours about all the fun we had over the weekend at numerous brunches, lunches and dinners, we were there to conquer a mountain and conquer it we did. 774 enthusiasts completed one hot lap of the iconic Mount Panorama racetrack with all adventurers getting through the cutoff at the top which I think is Skyline, if I remember correctly. Mm. Congratulations to you, Ollie, on your overall 33rd placing and also to Karen Hamilton and Dennis Peden who picked up podiums in their age categories. Yes, well done, guys. Well done. And, look, I have to echo your commendation to Jen and Stephen. They were so welcoming and uh, I think just the, their organisational skills left me in absolute awe. So not only did they welcome us um, behind the scenes, they were had, they had their hands full, of course, with race collection on parkrun morning, but, you know, they were there. They were we- woven through the whole event, uh, but setting up the pasta dinner, uh, welcoming us all to brunch, and Sunday morning at the Punish was just... As you said, it was iconic, it was spectacular, and what an experience to get ready to congregate and really feel the buzz in the pits by the racetrack there in the morning. So, guys, you're just wonderful, and what a fantastic advertisement for the lovely place that is Bathurst, which, Mel, I I didn't explore nearly enough, so I really do hope to be able to make it back next year to go and explore the town a little further. I, I have to say thank you to our office lady who is always prepared with in this case, extra tutus. So if I can add an Ollie travel tip, buy some tutus. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be very popular. 
But as you said, uh, what a wonderful experience park walking amongst a record crowd there at Bathurst and enjoying the company of so many adventurers, particularly whilst I enjoyed my monster mug of coffee. <laughs> that was a big mug of coffee. It was, it was. But I, I just want to say um, I think that Bathurst or the Panorama Punish needs to become a regular on our adventurer calendar because I think that coupled with City to Surf it, it nicely spaced to complement our regular annual palm event. Well, I think so. I think so. And uh, I know for a number of people it, it is that a special event that it might be in their top three. I mean, yeah, we can we can get into the discussion last week's episode from Mel and Scotty around top three, or, or we can we can leave it for another week. But I think the Punish is one of those events that you know has that combination of, of something a bit unique, and I think that that would be a great thing to revisit again and again. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yep, let's pencil it in for next year. And not not saying I can make it yet, of course, but <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> you have to come back because you'll go into the next age category, Ollie. You were you're a little bit unlucky, you could say, that you just came in under that age category cutoff. Well, a lot of us were unlucky, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of us were unlucky. But I could just I, say that you finished that event when I only just reached the top of the mountain. Uh, and it was a great wake-up call because it is now less than three weeks to another event that was mentioned in last week's pod, the Point to Pinnacle, and I needed that reality check because after recovering from tonsillitis, I really haven't trained much and I've been quite anxious about the idea of running up that mountain. Um, three Ks. Up Mount Panorama, I know it's not the same as Mount Wellington or Kanani, but it was a good, really good opportunity to test the legs. And uh, I have to say, I mean, that was really hard. It was a particular highlight having some of our adventurer community on the way up as marshals. So a huge thank you to all the volunteers, in particular my mum and, and half of Team Scarborough for being out there along the way. But uh, the downhill was quite difficult too. I did think it was funny that Scott wants to run a point to pinnacle type event on the downhill. I don't think he knew. I don't think he. I don't think he's listening, Ollie. He doesn't realise that you're running it <laughs> this month or next month. No, this month. By the time the pod comes out, oh, I'm, I'm sure he is. But uh, the idea of running downhill that scares me more. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> Uh, however, I'm all for the idea of running straight into the ocean at the end of a uh, at the end of a run at the end of an event. You know so what you need sign to me do. Up for that. This is yeah. what this is my challenge to you, Ollie, my friend. And I think Toc will get behind me here. We have an okay. event here in Victoria that's called Two Bays. Oh yes, yeah, there's a bit of a, oh, bit yes. of a qualifier uh, that's required for Two Bays, but one. Um, so there's a mm, 26, 27 kilometer event that runs from the beach uphill and finishes at a lighthouse but if you run the double um, what would you call it double that mm -hmm. <laughs> i can't remember the exact kilometers that uh that the full two bays is but you you start at the top uh, and you run down to the beach yep so you could theoretically go into the water but then you've got to turn around and run back up the hill. <laughs> yeah, that changes it. <laughs> <laughs> but what a challenge it is. 
And we, I should give it a shout out. Uh, Tony does it every year, and he's usually this one of the sweepers. Yes, he's, he's certainly got some stamina. Our talk, mm, but we're going off track. We are, we are, because there's been another week as well, Mel. So uh, are we are we playing catch up? Uh, did did you get up to anything this week? <laughs> Moving on to the weekend just gone, Ollie. We both enjoyed a quiet Saturday back at home, but is it ever a quiet Saturday morning at Park Run? Toolan Creek was celebrating a Nelson Challenge event number 333, which, coupled with more local cancellations, saw a swarm of 11 adventurers gather together, including myself, Eman, Christine and Juno, visiting from South Toowoomba, Irene and Path, Adrian Hillier, Kevin Green, Dawn Branton, Errol Poole, Cheryl Smith and Jordan Fusel. I don't know if that's how you say it, Ollie, but I'm going with Fusel. And Heather Morgan. <gasps> it's worth a mention that my research indicates Jordan Fusel, 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 not sure, ran an all-time PB of 17.35, proving that the creek is a nice, fast track. And Eman cruised in, pushing Juno in the pram in fourth place with 19.01. I'm sorry that I didn't get to catch up with Jordan on the morning. However, I do know that Eman had a chat with him after they finished. I believe most of the adventurers headed off to Urban 35 for brunch. However, I had a date with my hairdresser on the other side of town, so sadly I was unable to attend. 132 participants was, again, a good crowd for the creek, being their eighth largest attendance and the biggest since the 2nd of January 2020. Perhaps attendances are on the rise. Thanks to all the fabulous volunteers, including Park Walker Colin, who was very friendly and modelling exactly what the role of Park Walker imbibes. To finish off my recap, I volunteered again on Sunday at Ainsbury Juniors where we had nine kids splashing along the soggy trail in lovely mild conditions. We also welcome some new first-time volunteers, including Paul's dad, who is newly validated. So we were happy to welcome him to our Ainsbury Juniors Volley family. Yeah, as you say, not often is there a quiet weekend at Park Run. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds sounds like a lovely time and, and obviously so nice to have everyone come and join at the creek. It was. There was even more people I had unexpected mm, tourists mm. turn up that I knew from my previous life over at Berwick Springs. And, Ollie, now I have notched up event 20 at Toolan Creek. So I am on my way to beat Brendan Peel on the Ooh. Alice Peel Cup or the Peel <laughs> uh, I think he says the Peel Alice Cup. Anyway. <laughs> Well, maybe the the name can be determined once the cup is awarded. Maybe Mm, that would be fitting. That Mm. would be line honours, wouldn't it? Mm, That's right. And what about you, Ollie? Where were you on Saturday? Saturday just gone. I stayed home. I volunteered and I volunteered at my beloved Shell Harbour. The weather was glorious. 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 And perhaps uh, I have to thank a certain surprise visitor having something to do with that. We had Nathan from Inverloch pop past, you know, the, <laughs> the approximately half a day travel to, to pop past at Shell Harbour, but nonetheless, uh, Nathan was there. So it was great to see him as well as visitors from, well, really a number of other locations across Australia. 
And yeah, look, our numbers remain a fairly modest size. Our new course is nowhere near as popular as the previous one. So we had 120 park runners and uh, obviously a healthy walker contingent as a part of that. Uh, we didn't do a themed event, but shout out to Sue uh, who did have a bit of fancy dress, so I, I did dig out my favourite Halloween costume just to make a bit of fun while I was out there marshalling and being photographer. I didn't see any photos of you in fancy dress. Are you not posting in Dazzers? <laughs> Oliver! Well, there was, there was actually a post of it in Dazzers. Was there? There was. There oh, was. that was you! <laughs> Excuse That's right. me for not realising. <laughs> That's right. I have one Halloween costume. It comes out every year. That's the one. Yes. The listeners will have to go back through the Dazzers posts to figure out who you were dressed as. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? But, yeah, fairly low-key but enjoyable as always. Great. Mm. Look, uh, I'm not sure what we've got in the way of feedback. We, we do have a couple of updates though, don't we, Mel? Yeah, but Ollie, we should say coming up. Mm. Oh, yes. What have we got coming up? <laughs> well, yeah, we haven't even mentioned this. I mean, we're going to have people listening to this podcast just to hear you know, a very special feature a little later on. So we do have a roving report. Uh, which is off the back of a, a particularly impressive achievement. We'll get to that soon. But later we have our fabulous, fabulous Johan with a very, very special interview direct from South Africa. Looking forward to that, absolutely. But going back to the 22nd of October, Marg Prouse, who I met recently when I was at Toolan Creek, she came and volunteered at Juniors and earned herself her I Volunteered at Juniors badge. Well done, Marg. And uh, thank you for volunteering. Mm. And also uh, going on to a bit of news, Ollie, also on the 22nd of October, how ideas man, Mr Bruce Purdy, became a greatsman <laughs> at Phillip Island. And we're going to give our warmest congratulations to Bruce. And for those not following at home, that is a Victorian statesman <laughs> named after its title, the alleged greatest state. Alleged. Congratulations, Bruce. Oh, he also became a Gippslander, but that's arbitrary. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> ah, what else? What else? Well, we could follow on from the theme of the greatest state. Mm, I have a true. little bit of news today. Oh. I don't know if it's reached you up there in New South Wales. The greatest state could also be now known as the Diamond State. Do you know why that is? You like Neil Diamond music? <laughs> I... Well, we do, but no. Yeah. Are you familiar with the current controversy with the netball ah. team, the Diamonds, and losing their backing of Jenna Reinhardt? Yes, yeah. yes. And there is a new sponsor. There is. <laughs> I see where we're going here. Victoria Tourism is sponsoring the Diamonds. So we are the Diamond State. Nice. Nice, yes. Has a better ring to it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, well, whatever we call it, congratulations, Bruce, on the achievement. And, well, Mel, that's that's a lot of recapping. Uh, I was going to start 
chatting around you know, Mel and Scotty's challenge yeah, because, of course, they did issue a challenge to our adventurer community. But I think more so let's just remind people if they haven't listened to the last episode, episode 308, there is a challenge and I think it's a great way to continue to build on the journey and relationships in Parkrun. But maybe more on that in another episode. Yeah, probably we better move on. Time is ticking and we've got a big interview to get into this pod this week. So maybe it's time to throw to, uh, it's not really a roving report, but we did have some feedback or some audio come in, Ollie, from a recent accomplishment. Um mm our friend and uh, Shipwreck Creek event director, Phil Gore, had a big, 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 big achievement recently with a Backyard Ultra race win. So we got some audio coming to us. So let's have a listen to that now. Hi, my name's Gemma. And I'm Phil, and we're the event directors at Shipwreck Parkrun in WA. Um, yeah, our Parkrun journey's been pretty interesting, really. You've discovered Parkrun, what, 2014? Yeah. And what I, was I, it? I went for probably three years before I was <laughs> able to convince you to come along. <laughs> True. And even after your first Parkrun, it was still a bit longer after that before you really started getting yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, I loved my Saturday morning lines, which has changed a little bit over the years. But yeah, so Phil went on his own for a few years to do his 5k a day. And I just kept saying, why, why would anyone get up on a Saturday morning to do this crazy thing in the middle of winter? Like, it's ridiculous. Um, but then slowly I started to get it that it's not about the running. It's got nothing to do with running, which sounds ridiculous. It's about the people, the community, the social side. Um, it helped both of us come out of our shells and gave us amazing confidence. Um, yeah, I would never speak in front of a crowd. The first RD shift I did was just nerve-wracking. so nerve-wracking. I think I've done 70 race run director shifts since then. Um, and now you can't shut me up and I'm just the loud, annoying person that I've become. Um, and I blame Parkrun for that. <laughs> and while yeah. we're doing this video, uh, so we've just finished the uh, Backyard Satellite World Championships here at Miram Wernet. So I've been running for basically the last three and a bit days. Um, Four, let's be fair. 76 hours. 76 hours. So 6.7k loop on the hour every hour and just keep going to this one. So Park Run Ultra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Where'd you come in the race? That was the last one standing. So I finished with 76 yards or hours. Awesome. Number one in Australia. Yep. Correct. Awesome. Correct. And I even beat Harvey Lewis in this event. So he yeah. did one more one more hour, one more loop than Harvey Lewis, which he's our idol, I would say. So yeah, it's good. We can't wait, yeah, to meet him hopefully next year. We've got the Masters up at Dead Cow Gully with Tim Walsh. Um, Harvey's coming. We're going. It's going to be amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And it all started from Parkrun. All of it. All yeah, of it. So, as with a lot of people, I think 5K leads into a 10K and then a half marathon. And, yeah, if you don't stop, you just end up doing yes. backyard ultras. <laughs> so I did over yeah. that 76 hours was over 500Ks. So, and that all started with just a 5K run. 
on, yeah. on a Saturday morning. On a Saturday morning. Where else would awesome. you rather be? Yes. With your friends, doing your park run. And thank you very much to, well, Gregory, Phil and Gemma. And, Mel, it just blows me away. <laughs> blows me away what uh, what Phil does manage. Yes. Huge achievement. So uh, great support always as well. Uh, that goes a long way. But, yeah, huge achievement. Many of us adventurers were um, watching eagerly and tuning in for the laps of that Backyard Ultra and uh, we're very happy when Phil went across the line. How far can Phil go? We just don't know yet. It needs to be tested more. Mm. <laughs> oh, no, fantastic. Well done, Phil. But, Mel, I believe you've got some stats for us. I do, Ollie. I, I had a look through the last week's achievements and this is what I've come up with in the absence of our beloved informant who we don't really know where he's gone let's be honest uh there's been sightings and there may still be sightings who knows but anyway we had chloe and david bravos who grabbed a fibonacci 55 at homestead park run over in a wa and chris and karen gore picked up their 377 also for the fibonacci at bibra lake Everyone at Tool and Creek got a 333 for the Nelson Challenge. Have I dropped enough Tool and Creeks in this pod yet? Nowhere near enough. <laughs> Wendy Glenn earned her 100 volunteer milestone at Gardner's Creek. and Fry celebrated her seventh park anniversary at Lockheel, the mothership. Christine Imbert added Namibia to her parkrun countries. Christine is getting around, Ollie. Some fantastic travels there, Christine. And then well done, everyone. But, Mel, I think it's time for Dazzers because we, we don't actually have any mail this week, so we're going to jump straight to Dazzers because we know we've, we've been catching up for a while already and we do want to get to the interview that we have promised. So at Dazzers this week, he said, Zoomies. Dazza finds Zoomies quite challenging, but he would love to see yours. Come on in, share your morning, and show us your Zoomies. And coming on in this week, uh, this week, yep, just double-checking that, was Claire <laughs> Stutchbury, who was volunteering, saying, finally cracked out the new purple shirt to volley at Mansfield, Queensland. And Bruce Purdy, he had the most likes. A funny thing happened in nil. As I did the Zoomies, someone yelled out, you must be a parkrun adventurer, which surely is an indemnity for the flag fine. <laughs> Bruce posted a photo of himself zooming in through the finish flags, Blackwood's flags, not Bruce. Well, that's the indemnity. Yep, yep. <laughs> Plus a photo with some very cute bark runners in a pram and buggy, and I think the office lady let him off. Am I right? Yep, that's right. It's official. So... Moving on, Chantelle Hosking uh, had a bit of an achievement. She travelled over the border, and this is Chantelle's words, not mine, travelled over the border to South Australia to do Mount Gambia. ABC Southeast South Australia was present and interviewed me. Also completed run around UK and Ireland and uh, uh, appropriately Chantelle added a heart. A whole lot of love to you, Chantelle. That's a big achievement and congratulations. Wendy Glenn was celebrating a milestone volley number 100 for me, as I previously mentioned, and 50 for hubby, tail walking at Gardner's Creek. And Wendy shared a photo of herself and her husband, Ross, in their high-vis. 
And we also heard from Kirsty Ganji, who I believe is a newbie to Dazzers, and said, course PB for me at Goldfields Reservoir's third birthday. And Kirsty shared a photo of her getting some air with a bit of a jump shot on the course. Well done. Good jump shot, Kirsty. Now, Kylie Ritchie posted, also a newbie to Dazzers Toolan Creek as Ballarat cancelled, and a frame photo at a much loved Victorian park run. And can I just say, I took that photo, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I know Kylie from uh, back at Berwick Springs. Oh, nice. That was good to have the crew together there, clearly. Um, Yvette Turner had a bit of a front going on and said a group of us travelled to Goulburn and did pre-start Zoomies. And what a group. There was a whole squadron of Zoomies in that photo at the top of the Goulburn Park Run zipper. I like that, a squadron, a squadron of Zoomies. There's a <laughs> challenge. Noun. Yes. There you go, guys. Oh. Don't don't gather together with a um, photo in a selfie frame. Gather together with a Zoomie shot. Yeah. And we heard from Christine Imbert, who was in Namibia. No Zimmies, but was tail walker at Swapam, Swak, I knew I'd get stuck, Swakamund <laughs> Park Run in Namibia. I'm so sorry, Namibia. Lovely out and back course on a paved path alongside the beach. Saw a flock of flamingos flying overhead several times. Christine shared a photo with the sea in the background. Oh, wow. Fancy having photo with flamingos and not just boring seagulls <laughs> poor seagulls <laughs> yeah but they're boring only because we get to enjoy them well, so much because they steal your chips and they're everywhere true they are pretty obnoxious <sighs> um ian shaw had a bit of touristing i'm going to start with the easy part ian shared, shared a photo of him zooming along the course <laughs> <laughs> but thanks ian ian said a late booking at Dazza's for me after much tribulation to ensure my parkrun day remained complete. Originally, a trip to Pambula Wetlands Parkrun was the order of the morning with the sole purpose of obtaining event number 31 to boost my Wilson index from 30 to 48 with the coveted number 31, the key ingredient for that to occur. Despite ensuring weather forecasts and field volunteer rosters aligned, Mother Nature had other plans and Pambula Wetlands lived up to its namesake and remained too wet for the event to go ahead today. A panicked investigation discovered that a Melbourne-based parkrun in Warrandyte River Reserve was also hosting event number 31 today and yes i did contemplate a trip down the princess highway to get there a six hour plus early morning drive ian seriously however flooded conditions also has seen warrandite reserve river park run cancelled today <laughs> that's a tongue twister <laughs> pretty sure those words swapped around but that's okay that only left charters towers airport with event number 31 or an international trip to wozniesieni Osovi Parkrun in Poland to obtain the coveted number 31. <laughs> My frustration was apparent but somewhat remediated with the knowledge that I could post the name Wozniesieni Osovi Parkrun not once, not twice, but three times. I'm oh, sorry, not three times, but four times. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied over that part to hear Ollie get his tongue around pronouncing Wozniesieni Osovi Parkrun. Wozniesieni Osovi Park run. <laughs> I was determined to not have my stay near Panbula Wetlands Park Run wasted and planned a feasible 
early morning start after a late afternoon nap and early night bedtime to drive down the Princess Highway to get my Nandy done at Taralgon Parkrun for unique location number 91 and, of course, to brandish a zoomy shot to show off to Dazza. Wow. Ian, uh, thank you. Um, and just because we're having so much fun at Dazzles, there's a slight selection from the week before, which we acknowledge we, we didn't capture and Mel and Scotty didn't capture. So, Mel, would you like to read off one of those from last week? Absolutely. Our friend and artistic director, Chris Fraser, had an achievement. Found my long-lost New South Wales statesman status at Jindabyne Sport and Recreation and we had a photo from Chris, a shot on the start line, plus some countryside snaps from along the way. Well done, Chris. We're glad you are back as a New South Wales statesman. Yes, right back onto it. Now, a very much liked post, the most liked from uh, the week of episode 308 uh, from Toc, saying congrats to the ideas man, Bruce Purdy, for achieving the highest possible parkrun achievement, Gibbslander, <laughs> <laughs> and for becoming a statesman. But that Raceman. was incidental. Uh, he said statesman. Um, <laughs> plenty of tutus at the Rock as well in Phillip Island. So, and yeah. Tok shared the uh, Gippslander image in celebration there. I do love our Aussie blokes, not afraid to wear a tutu. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Michael Blaine, he a newbie to Dazzers. Are we sure he's a newbie to Dazzers? I met Michael when I did uh, Des Connor Juniors, I believe, but. Um, thank you, Michael, if this is the first time that you've posted. Well, since Inveril was underwater, I made the short trip down to the beaches on my way further south. I forgot to do my zoomies celebrating the new logo and I also refrained from the handstands that occurred on the beach afterwards. But we did have a photo between the flags on the beach and, hey, they can be held the right way around after all. So that was an interesting photo, Ollie, because I do believe uh-huh, at the same uh-huh. time that that was being taken, there was also a event team photo being taken in the opposite direction. Yes, Michael dispelling some myths there. Uh, and finally, another newbie, I think, was Booz Dayton, who said, gave the first time as briefing at Whalen Reserve today, then did a bit of park walking with family and furry friends and the photo Proved it with some uh, some gorgeous looking bark runners with booze there in the crew. Booze. Booze. That's very Aussie. <laughs> That's right. Welcome, booze. That's right. Ah, but Mel, we have an Obi to award. Yep. Um, and you usually have the envelope, the silent envelope. <laughs> I've actually got a post-it note here with it. Really? So it's less of a secret. It's a post-it note. There's no envelope. Well, I, the secret, I found the envelope earlier, but I was concerned that I would lose it because I moved a few things. So I wrote a post-it note and it's here amongst all my post-it notes. So I have the award winner uh, and the OB this week uh, and acknowledging we didn't have an OB winner last week. So the first... First Obi winner in two weeks. You see, Vet Turner. Congratulations, Yvette. Yes, uh, and well done to everyone at Goulburn Park Run there. But thank you also to everyone for joining and sharing your adventures at Dazza's last week and this. Yes, but Ollie, now I think it's time. We've chatted enough and it's time for us to listen to Johan mm-hmm. chatting to 
Bruce and Jill Fordyce. Good day, Parkrun Adventurers. Today I have the privilege of talking uh, to two very special people in Parkrun South Africa. Welcome and thank you very much for the opportunity, Jill and Bruce Fordyce. Thank you, Jan. Great to be here. Yes, thank you, Johan. I'm looking forward to see what the questions are. <laughs> I hope it's not too difficult. So most of our listeners are well aware who you are, but just to remind those that are not, Bruce is the president and CEO of Parkland Southern Africa, and Jill, you're the territory manager. Yes, yes that's, that's correct. Yeah. That's right. So Bruce, you often joke at the pre-event briefings mm. um, when you're introduced as the boss of Parkrun. Uh, yeah. Would you like to share us that uh, what you then say? Yeah, so the joke is I'm the president and CEO, as you said, but the boss of Parkrun sitting next to me, <laughs> she's the boss. So, so somebody might come with some outrageous idea for Parkrun, and I'll say, well, we'll think about it. Let's let's chat about it, and Jill will just give a blunt no. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah. I try not to be too blunt, but yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting better with yeah. age. <laughs> no. So, so Jill, what does the job of the territory manager entail? Well, I, I pretty much do just about everything. I mean, Cara also helps us. So I will be sending courier parcels if they need to be sent because there are only really two of us in the office. Um, I will check incidents if they've been updated. Cara does the incidents, but I make sure that they are being done, things like that. Um, on Monday, I look at all what's happened, all the problems in our, with our results and see if there are any issues we need to address. I deal with the volunteer management in South Africa, so the ambassadors and all the volunteers. So I am in communication with all the, all our ambassadors. And my role is I've I've got a, a kind of a global role. We all sit on a, in a group, volunteer management group, and so there's there's one person from each country basically there. We also sit on another another group, a global group, which is um, global weekly updates. So that is with Tom Williams and all the countries are representative from from most of the countries except America because of the time difference. It's just difficult for them to come into a meeting at the time that we have the meeting, which is 10 o'clock our time. It's in the evening for Australians, but it's and we only need one hour difference between us and the UK. So it's it's pretty simple. Our meetings are easy. Yeah. Um, I do everything. I deal with issues. People want a sponsorship, people wanting to sponsor, people wanting to do branding and they can't have branding there and replying to them and explaining to them why. Also, I also help with the new events. Not all the admin behind it, but just checking that they are rolling through properly. And I, I look at those every couple of weeks just to see that they, the emails are being replied to and people are coming through with their um, routes and their um, risk assessments and things like that. I, I, do, I pretty much can do, and like I did today, I process results. Oh, well, <laughs> wonderful. All right. So before we continue talking about Parker and Bruce, of course, you probably better known as an ultra marathon athlete, yeah. most notably the Comrades Marathon that I think you finished 30 times, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I've run 30. Yeah. And you won for an unequal nine times, if I recall correctly. Yeah, no, one nine, but that was a long time ago, long yeah. before Parkrun. So how did Comrades change your life? Oh, Comrades got me into running. You know, I ran quite well at school when we had to, you know, school athletics day. Uh, but I started running again in my second year at university with only one aim in mind, and that was to run Comrades, because um, here in South Africa, that is our biggest marathon. And because South Africans are, are strange and we're quite tough, 
we don't run a marathon we don't count that as a race running a marathon so we have to run double a marathon double the distance with hills and uh, over a brutal course and it's uh, comrades is going to be 100 years old in two years time and everyone knows about it so when I started running I, I started with a specific aim of running comrades marathon and that hooked me in so that was June 1976 and apart from a week or two off here or there for arrest or for injury I've never stopped and then parkrun has been a wonderful wonderful new door to open into the sport and I'm absolutely loving it so I've gone from being an ultra runner running 90k hilly k's and 100k races and stuff like that to actually my favorite distance is 5k's free on a Saturday morning don't forget your barcode Yes, yeah. Yeah. Now, 5K is actually fantastic. It's a lovely it's just, distance. Just far enough to be challenging and sh- short enough so that well, virtually everybody can yeah, do it. Yeah. Yes. If you run it honestly, if you run it honestly, which is that you go out hard, halfway through a park run, now, let me tell you, I'm huffing and puffing. I had someone trying to chat to me this morning when we ran park run, and eventually I had to say to him, mate, I'm on the red line here. I can answer one syllable answers. I'm on the red line. I'm trying to breathe. I can't talk. Yeah. All right, so let's look a little bit at the history of parkrun in South Africa. The first event took place on the 12th of November 2011 at Delta Parkrun, and you were both there. So it will soon be 11 years, and today was the 500th event. So you ran that event, Bruce, and you finished a little close second to behind the first finisher. Can you still remember that day? I remember it very well because we only had 26 runners, um, and... It was still an exciting moment. We had, we, I have to say, we had no idea that it would grow like it, it has yeah. and what it would be. But we were excited to start and see what would happen. It was like we were there with our little baby. And I ran, and all I can remember about it is that I think I ran, I mean, I, I ran a time that today I would have been going through halfway in that time. Um, but that there were so few of us in the park run that I couldn't see the, 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 the guy who was leading, he was too far ahead of me, but I also couldn't see the third place person because they were so far behind me. So I ran flat out on my own for 5Ks um, and we just had no idea what it would, what it would be, but we, we did realize we had, we had launched. Here we go. We've launched and we've started. So, so Joel, you volunteered at that first event. Can you still remember what role you did that day and, and what's your favorite volunteering role? Um, I'm fairly certain I probably would have processed results, I would think. <laughs> and the pro- results processing in Whoa. those days was a nightmare. It was a different system and basically your laptop had to update the entire data of the, the world. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have um, fiber in those days and computers would be crashing and people would complain. I had one, of, one event director that used to come to our house to process results in the end because he couldn't do it at home because of, of the updating of the data on his laptop. So I think I, I, think I did um, results processing. I was there, so I would have, I don't know if I, sc- I scanned or I can't remember. I have to go and look mm-hmm. back and see. And, and your favorite role, volunteering role? Um, I enjoyed doing the results today. I like scanning. Timing is a, a little bit stressful for me because you, ha- you have to really focus and if anyone talks to you, I mean, you ha- you, you, it's difficult. Especially if it's a big park and a yeah. lot of people yeah. coming in. And Bruce can't ever be given any of those roles because people always chat to him. And I so he was, he's ne- I don't think he's ever done timing or scanning, have you? I've done timing. Scanning terrifies me. And for precisely <laughs> that, because I'm a gregarious person, I want to chat to people and they want to talk to me. So the moment one of my friends crosses the line, hi, how are you? In the meantime, three people have crossed the line behind him and forgotten to scan them, you know, so better to keep me away from that role. 
But what I do, what I do remember from the early days of Delta is we used to go there and set up. We, yeah. we had 42 cones that we would carry, these, these big things of cones. Orange cones. And we, three of us would set up different areas. So Bruce and I would set up the top area with 42 cones because there, were, because there were so few people, no one knew where to go. And then um, now they don't need any Now cones. you don't need a single cone because it's a solid and, scheme and, of running. Yeah, and then one, um, Daryl used to set up at the bottom and Kara would do the finish. Mm, mm, yeah. And I would do the middle. Across the, the lawn. In fact, I should have a few more volunteer roles because it's, it's called this event setup. Well, we, we didn't we have those go, in those days. That was my warm up, <laughs> was to go and put the cones up at the top end of the Delta Park course. Pre event course check. Pre event yes. course. Gosh, yeah. you've got a, millions of, of volunteers, but we didn't have those roles in those days. <laughs> right. So, Bruce, can you tell us a little bit more about how Parkrun actually came to South Africa in, in 2011? Yeah, so <laughs> I went across to run London Marathon. Um, and Jill came with me and we stayed with my sister who lives in London and I gave a speech about the Comrades Marathon in Reading on the Friday afternoon and Paul Sinton Hewitt who started Parkrun he came to that talk he came with Tom he came with Tom Williams and, and Peter Fordham and Peter Fordham who were all well we all know Tom Williams is CEO now globally I mean COO uh, globally and Paul of course is the founder and they put pressure on Jill and, and on Jill and me to come to the park run the next day. I didn't want to go because I had a marathon on the Sunday and I was going to go quite hard in the marathon. And so the best thing to do the day before a marathon is to do nothing. You know, I certainly didn't want to run 5Ks. And I know I've got a very, so just I'm odd, I've got a competitive element in me. Once somebody says, ready, steady, go, you know, on your marks, go, um, I can't help, I, I've probably most times got to go. So I didn't want to go, but they put so much pressure on me. So in the end, we said, okay, we'll go. And Peter came and picked us up and took us there. They even printed our barcodes. I didn't know what, what's this barcode thing? Paul registered us. Actually. Yeah, Paul registered <laughs> us. And interestingly enough, 136,682 uh, is my barcode number. So that's how many people there were in Parkrun in 2011. And I'm I mean, two after you. Yeah, so you in, the, in the time he was registering, someone registered in between. Between us. Yeah, but I mean, but now yeah. we're, eight, we're eight million. I mean, you know, it's yeah. astonishing. And so then, and then we went. It was a beautiful day in, in Bushy Park, and I think there were 600 runners, and I went hard. I mean, I ran as hard as I could. I got, I think I did 18 minutes and a bit of change, and I came 19th. So that was a bit of an eye opener. Wow. 18 minutes and you come 19th. I think there were a couple of Kenyans there who I saw briefly in the first 200 meters, and then they were gone. And then, but well, that wasn't. I was more concerned about Jill and will she hate the experience. And then I saw her coming in, and I realised no, but there's so many people behind her. Some people who are walking, some people who are just shuffling. And so we saw the magic. So that was the whole thing. So then we said to Paul, we've got to start this in South Africa. And he said, that's why I invited you. And then it took us because you procrastinate. It took us, it, it kind of like, 11 months or nine months or something to get it, it going. Yeah. Um, and we tried various parks and in the end Johannesburg Park said to us Delta Park and so we started it took us from April 2011 to November 2011 so we've got a huge gap Jill and I between our first park run and our second one um, and then we started as we said 26 people came and that was it but November what I do also remember about that we're starting at Delta was six weeks prior we, to we our rehearsed. official mm. start we, we practiced timing scanning everything for six weeks before we were that we were that nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were very nervous about yeah. messing it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the following week we had 17 people because it was raining, 
and then after about I don't know after a month or two suddenly we had 30 people and then 50 people you know how it grows and then one of our park runners who ran regularly with us said no he lives quite far away could he start another park run in Rudaport and the same thing one of our park runners said can I start one in Benoni so for Australians that's the, the east of Johannesburg and the west of Johannesburg and so we now we had three and then one of our great mates came up from a coastal city called East London ran the park run and said I absolutely love this I'm going to start it in East London and so that's and after that it starts to go so what do you consider some of the greatest achievements of parkrun in South Africa oh definitely the walkers the walkers so from the very beginning people said can they walk and Bruce said you're welcome to walk and we, we took it there was a little bit of a challenge with with the global team they weren't so happy they said we can't ask volunteers to wait for walkers and Bruce said well our volunteers will wait for walkers yeah we and so actually we had the walking thing going from the very beginning so it's, it's not now that they're pushing this globally but it, it's it's it just rolled on and we yeah. have a lot of walkers in south africa i and, think and it's so 30 percent we, we're proud of the fact that our parkrun average time is the slowest in the world mm. that's exactly what parkrun should be doing not the fastest in the world because then what you've got is a time trial or an elite cross-country race with elite runners the fact that we have a tandi zalilo or a or a tani labaskahni who take one hour and ten minutes we're absolutely delighted with that that's what parkrun is um, so and, sorry, and I've I've been injured, I've been injured at times in the last 11 years of parkrun, where I've been more than happy to walk with the with the people at the back, chat to them. But that's also where you make the biggest difference to people's health and well-being is those people that are the slower people, those kind of reluctant people to exercise. When they get to parkrun, it's hugely beneficial. I mean, runners will run anyway. Yeah, I mean, I whatever. But but these those people we're talking about now, you make a. And then I a think the other achievement which we need to make more of is that we've taken park runs to some of the townships, where it's difficult to get a park run. You know that, um, and where conditions they're not pretty park runs. I mean, you know that, but the the vibe is fantastic. The people love them, and so we need more of that. Um, We'd like to, if we could, take parkrun more into Africa. I mean, we parkrun Southern Africa, but that's South Africa, Eswatini at this stage, and Namibia. We would like Botswana, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Malawi. You know, if we could get that going, that would be... Mm. Is what, I think the, I think the, the, the barcodes, the wrist barcodes, weren't they? Oh, we, yeah. they were started in South Africa, the wristbands. Oh, The wristbands cool. are yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I remember we presented this to... Paul and we used to have a weekly um, call with, with other countries way back in those days and we said well we've got to come up with this idea and we showed them a picture and Paul said some F words <laughs> that is effing awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we may have to bleep that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but he did say that and he was they were, he was blown away by the wristband yeah and it, uh, it did make a big difference. And it's, look, it's caught on now, so it's fantastic. It's now funding a, lo- a lot and, of parkrun. And uh, volunteer T-shirts mm. came out of South Africa. We oh, suggested we suggested that, and we, well, Jill did. And that was <laughs> the opposite. She got a lot of swear words there. And no, you don't understand volunteering. It's for no reward. Blah, 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 blah. You got no understanding of it at all. And a few weeks later, <laughs> the global team thought of a brilliant idea. 
t-shirts for volunteers <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm so glad that we now actually um, recognize our volunteers uh, even more with the 50 the hundreds you, have, you the, must it's fun, yeah. because yeah, they it's are integral to the park well, run and, and so I mean what, you couldn't have it without and them, I'm, so. I mean I'm in a year's time I'll get my 500 shirt but I'm more driven to get my 100 shirt for volunteering I've got a couple more to go to get that black volunteer 100 shirt that I'll wear with pride so um I assume, as with all organizations and volunteer organizations, it's not always plain sailing. Is there anything that's been particularly challenging over the last 11 years? Well, we've had, I mean, we've had some, we've had our differences. We've, we've had fights quite often with the, with the global team. But I think the one thing that's remained constant, everyone's got the same thing in mind, and that is the love of Parkrun and, and wanting to grow Parkrun and make it better. So I think that's, that's what happens in any relationships you'll have arguments and fights about things but the end goal is the same you know a greater love of of what you do um <coughs> obviously losing two years to being locked down almost two years in south africa has was it was almost a mortal blow i think if we'd had another six months we would have never survived but we just got back and we'd be meeting our teams around the country our various volunteer teams and they have been absolutely incredible. I've been thanking them for hanging in for that time and then being there again at the end of it all. And that, and so that's been amazing. Those are probably the most challenging. Otherwise, the rest is just little nitty-gritty things that you have to deal with. With any big organization, you always have stuff that, you know, that you've got to deal with every single week. So for us, Monday is always quite a stressful day after parkrun because stuff comes in that you've got to deal with incidents the, and, the and challenges, you know, the, challenges or if there's any issues. But so Monday's know, a busy day. Monday's very, a hectic day. day. But, but every time, almost every time, if I've had a bad week, a tough week, nothing restores my good mood better than to wake up on a Saturday morning, put on my parkrun t-shirt, off you go. There are all your friends, all your mates, or maybe you're at a new park run that you haven't done before and it's exciting to see what it's like. Saturday mornings are absolutely just the greatest. They're fantastic. Love them. It is a wonderful, it's, yeah. it is a, it's a wonderful concept. But what has been amazing is to watch it morphing into what it is today, from where it started, which is not what it is today, and, and being part of that change. And it's, <coughs> it's getting better and better. Fantastic. So you've touched on uh, your global expansion or African expansion. (laughs) So apart from that, what's other hopes and dreams for parkrun in Southern Africa? I think just more, you know, getting more parkruns. We plus minus 200. We look at Australia with envy because there are over 300 parkruns. We'd like to get to that. So we, we would really like it in a situation where wherever you are on a Friday evening in South Africa, there's a park run near at hand on the Saturday morning. You know, if you're traveling or whatever. Um, obviously, there's certain areas we can't go um, into our game parks, but we can be on the borders. We've got a lot of park runs right on the borders of the Kruger Park and places like that, but you can't put a park run inside the Kruger Park. But um, yeah, I think that's it, to just to grow it more, and particularly, I think, into the into the townships and rural areas. Jill, that would I think be I think we also need to um, increase the participation yeah. again. Uh, high, you know, it's dropped off from where we were before lockdowns to you know. So we, it's picking up slowly, but we would like to get it back to where it was, and and beyond. So we would need more more events and and getting the message out there that we're back. A lot of people somehow don't know that we're back. 
Yeah. So um, lockdown has been quite a blow for us in terms yeah, of attendance. Severe, severe. So how's the recovery going and, and when do you think we'll be back to around about where we were before lockdown? Well, I, I mean, the recovery is going well. I think when we when we finally opened up, what did we have? Twelve thousand people. This uh, before before lockdown, we were forty to on a on a on For, a big forty to 40. sixty thousand people. Now we when we started again, we were like twelve thousand. Now I think this weekend, as we speak, I expect we're going to be nudging thirty thousand again participants around the country, and we've seen our numbers growing again at all our park runs. We've got some very big ones um, at at. So they are slow. Each week they seem to be growing by another 150 part or 150 participants. You know, you can see it happening. Um, we were, as a parkrun was kind of locked down for 18 months. 18 months would be the th- And I, th- I have always said to Tom and to the global team, give us 18 months to recover. That, and I think I'm more or less right. Uh, this month, October, we've, we've been a year back on the road and on the uh, and in the parks again, and um, I think give us another six months. And and January for us, as we all know, is particularly in South Africa because we have our summer holidays, December, January, January the second week, the second Saturday of January, we all call New Year's resolution Saturday. That's when everyone comes back from holiday and they all think they drank too much and they ate too much and they're right and they put on too much weight and we get a big, we get a big influx of people coming to park run. So, is there anything that you would like to see different in Parkrun in the future? I can hardly think of it. Can you think of anything, Jill, that you'd like to see different? No, I haven't. No, I haven't actually thought about that. No. Um, what What I do love about Parkrun, and I think this is where it, it is different from any other event in the world, is that the the evils of money, politics, and religion that separate people do not exist at a Parkrun. And you get, we very seldom get a, a, a place or group people, group of people together where none of those barriers are up. Because the minute any of those go up, you s- people separate. You know, they're either this side or that side. And that parkrun is very special in that, that aspect. That it's everyone's the same all together. Mm. At, and it, that's very important, I think, to have that feeling that you're not, you're not, there are no differences between people. So that whole that whole issue of inclusivity, everybody yeah. is welcome. Everybody. Everyone's All welcome. capabilities, doesn't yeah. matter, yeah. race, creed, whatever. It's, it's amazing. That is amazing. And you don't, you just don't see that anywhere. In anything, anything that you see around the world, you just don't see that. You can be running a park run next to a millionaire and the other side's an unemployed person. It doesn't matter. You both, you're all running together. Mm. So, um, Bruce, recently it was announced that uh, Parkrun SA intends to supply automatic uh, electronic defibrillators to all its events. Why is this so important and and what can Parkrun communities do to help? So, yeah, so it is is massively important. So, as we know, Parkruns are very safe. I mean, if I think of my own incidents over over the years, I've fallen a few times. And it's more embarrassment. You get up, you've got a graze on your knee and you're embarrassed in case anyone saw you. But we have had some cardiac issues um, globally. I mean, every single, I don't think there's a country in Parkrun that's not been touched. Um, and one of the bad, if I boast about how proud we are of our statistic about our average time being the slowest in the world, unfortunately, we, we also have the worst per capita incident of fatalities. It's very, very small still. 
but you know that we need to sort it out and if you can get defibrillators or AEDs at every single parkrun that's our aim they definitely save lives we've we've seen we've been dealing with the global team about it I think I stand open to correction but last year in the UK they had 17 collapses and they saved 16 people with with defibrillators and here in South Africa we've had a couple of instances where people were saved but we we don't with defibrillators the uh, a great parkrun um, Schlanger parkrun um, one of our parkrunners there was saved by one not because parkrun had a defibrillator but because um, Schlanger's on the beach and the lifesavers had a had a defibrillator and they used it with him and it saved him so that's our big drive is to get a defibrillator at every single parkrun in South Africa it will happen it will definitely happen but it's a major project so we're asking people to donate um, and I know that uh, the global team will support us in the end if necessary, but we want we would like as soon as possible every single parkrun because it, those those defibrillators save lives. So if people do want to donate on the parkrun South Africa, we could just parkrun.co.za page. It, there's a link there to where you can donate at Backer Buddy to help our, our cause. So if people are interested please, please donate we are, we are we are ordering our first 10 this coming week but we've got to we've got to get 200 there's a long, no, way, to it's a long way to go yeah yeah right so let's uh, continue so the parkrun adventurers uh, in the spotcast are a bunch of dedicated tourists and uh, both of you are members of the friend friend club so you've yeah. done 250 different events um, so you've done a fair bit of touristing yourself, yeah, although in some cases I think it's a little bit of work as well, not just pleasure. Yeah. So what do you enjoy most about visiting other parkruns? So what, what it is is that every parkrun is the same, but every parkrun is different. I, and I love that, and I love meeting other people at different countries. So as you said, we've, we've done one in Russia, we've done, well in Australia I think I've done seven or eight parkruns. Um, uh, so it's it's the adventure of, of exploring the world and seeing the different parkruns, meeting people who have the same mind, similar mindset. The welcome you get if you're a, if you're a, a foreign visitor to a parkrun, you spoilt a little bit. You know, everyone turns around and gives you a clap when they say, "Oh, we've got two people from South but Africa." But I think it's also the belonging. You feel yeah, you, belong you belong to the family, international yeah. family. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we it just I absolutely love it. And sometimes learning from other parkruns in different countries because you see that they do things slightly differently, and maybe you pick up something and a great idea from another parkrun uh, in a different country. Um, and yeah, long may we long may we be parkrun tourists. We we really enjoy it, uh, and I think people understand the addiction that in our day we have driven for eight hours in a combi to a faraway parkrun in South Africa like Springbok or Achenais in the desert. All that way for 5Ks and all the way back and not for one moment do you think you wasted that journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So um, the uh, parkrun tourists are also very known for looking at all the challenges and, and achievements on the apps and the extensions. Mm. And I see you've not been so lucky as enough to have the Groundhog achievement, but you did one better. You did exactly the same finish time and comrades in 1985 and 87. Yeah, I've got oh. Groundhog, Groundhog in, in 
the, a very famous ultra marathon, yeah, 53701. Yes. You can't stage manage that because you, know, you can have your own watch, but you don't know what the official. Um, yeah, I think that's also a lot of fun, but it, there's so many different things. There's so many different challenges and goals that you can set for yourself in parkrun that I think is, is just, the, the word is fun. And if I had to use one adjective to describe parkrun, it's a corny one. It's happy. People are happy on a Saturday morning when they're park running. Um, and yeah, and then uh, I think another wonderful message from our park runner who, who got his 500th today, Dieter Mayer. He's done 500 park runs. He's done quite a few different ones. And somebody said to him, Dieter, where's your, which is your favorite park run? He said, the ones, the ones where my friends are running. Oh, that's awesome. It's a yeah. wonderful answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I'm, you know, we've, we've, run a park run today I'm already I can't wait for next Saturday because next Saturday we'll probably do a new one that we haven't done before meet some more people uh, who we may not have met at park run and do we know where we're going next week well I'm always in, the boss will tell me where we're going but I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping the boss will say we're going to the reeds next week because we haven't done it <laughs> so do you keep track of these challenges is there anything specific mm. that you would like to do no, we don't. a little bit I like to every now and again but we don't we're not driven to follow the challenges it's just interesting I think I've got I think I've got the full Monty which is a second every second of a second of the minute or something think I've got that but I only found that out because somebody mentioned it and I went to look at it um, no we're not we I think we more just enjoy doing being at parkrun and if you happen to meet one or two of those challenges in the meantime well that's interesting you know the flags of the world are, it's, um, for instance that's a tricky one we would have to get to Canada we'd have to get to New Zealand yeah um, yeah so that, you know that that's not going to drive us but if by chance you know I happen to get an invitation to be a speaker or something in Canada well boy I'll, you know we'll go and do it yeah, <laughs> there's for sure that if they said to me and Bruce you're, sp you're coming to Canada or New Zealand and you're speaking on Saturday morning to our runners I said no I'm not I'm speaking <laughs> on Saturday afternoon Saturday morning I'm ticking one of your I'm ticking a park run in your country yeah <laughs> So I, I assume parkrun takes up uh, an incredible amount of your time. So what do you like to do in the little bit of free time that you've got? Wow, uh, we love going to the bush. So if you talk about holidays and stuff, we are fanatical bush people. So you know, the uh, the last time we were there, we were fortunate to to be invited by a great friend who's also a parkrunner to go and watch uh, uh, some rangers collaring putting radio collars on lions and that was an unbelievable experience because they had to put a carcass of an Inyala bull, tie, tie this carcass to a tree, put branches around so that the lions ha can only have access to get to the meat through one little entrance so that then the lions as they go in they present their, their, their backside to the, to the vet so he can shoot the dart, the tranquilizing dart into them. Then they play the loudspeaker they play a warthogs in distress and the lions come you know, the lions come because they know there's something here they come for the meat and then when this lion goes in and starts eating and the vet takes out his special rifle with a dart in it and he fires I it was it's a whack like that when it hits the lion and the lion turns out really really angry and because lions just want to eat, he wonders what happens. He thinks he got stung by a bee, turns around and carries on eating, and the next thing you fall asleep. 
And when the lion's lying on the ground and you help to put a collar around its mane, around its neck, it's uh, for me that's been one of the most magical experiences. I had no idea that a lion's mane is so soft. It's so it's so soft, but their their hide is so hard <laughs> and covered in scars and so that was an incredible experience. And I mean, I'm now going to sound ma- like I'm making it up, but while we were there, a big bull elephant arrived to try and kill the lions because lion and elephant don't love each other a lot. And so we were then had to spend our time trying to to drive away a massive bull elephant with tusks. Okay, but that was an exceptional exceptional experience. Jill and I, we, in December, we're taking our children to the Kruger Park. I can go and sit and watch frogs spawning in a pond and be happy if I'm in the in the wild. Yeah, that would, I'd say was probably our favorite thing, one of our favorite things. We're keen bird spotters, so we love Australia, by the way, uh, because the birds are so totally different. This, you know, the, the, when my very first trip to Australia, I woke up in the morning, had massive jet lag, and I knew I was in another country because the squawks and the squeaks and the cackles and the, all those noises are not the noises of Africa. You know, they're just different bird sound. But Africa still stays the best noise. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm just not knocking. It's just fascinating to go. Yeah, it's just, uh, no, we've, been, we've had an amazing hospitality in Australia. We've run, I'm trying to think, we've run Manly. Mossman, Mo- Mossman, yeah, Mossman. I mean, we've run Mossman, Parramatta, Curl Curl, South Bank, yeah, South Bank, uh, Claysburg Cove in in Perth. Oh, we've got a few. They've got a list that we still got to do. Yeah, it can take quite a while. Yeah, yeah they got a long park run. Right. Um, so, Bruce and Jill, thank you so much for your time yeah. and your continu- continued efforts to bring park run to every community in South Africa. Mm-hmm. That once an event. Any last words for our adventurer listeners right around the globe? Yeah, please, guys, come to come to South Africa and run a park run here. If you can come for a month, we could recommend for you a township park run where they play reggae music or whatever to warm up. Not pretty, but what a vibe. We could recommend a, a, a national park park run where you're on the borders of the park run. Where oh, the- Oh, uh, of the of the oh, sorry of the, of the of the national park, and then you can go and visit. We could recommend a Cape Park run, where you run through the vineyards. The beautiful the Cape Park runs are so beautiful, and then a whole host of others. I mean, some on the beaches, um, some in the mountains. A Zulu Park Run, Cannibals Cave. You have to do that one. All the instructions are in Zulu, and then when you when you turn, it's an out and back. When you turn there in front of you is the whole Drakensberg. The mountains known as the Barrier of Spears in front of you, incredible. No, we put it on your bucket list. And I've, I've, I've insulted all the other park runs by not mentioning them. <laughs> you know, there's so many that are fantastic. And we're going to get the X. For those of you who collect, for those of you who collect the alphabet, we will get the X because we have a province in South Africa called East, the Eastern Cape, and it is in the Eastern Cape are the Kosa people. And their their name starts with an X, and so there are millions of villages and towns and little and cities that have the X in them. We will get the X. I I wonder if if anyone's going to <laughs> have an X ever. I think it might be something yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't but know. if there's a chance, it's us. But so in the meantime, we still have to work on our queue. Yeah, we don't have a queue. Yeah, which is annoying. Yeah. 
but we'll get that. I think uh, I think there might be one coming. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, and all of the best. Thank you so much, Johan. Yeah. Thanks, Johan. And wow. Thank you so much uh, to Johan for bringing us that interview and to Bruce and Jill. I mean, some spectacular supporters of Parkrun South Africa and and just obviously Bruce's uh, Bruce's achievements speak for themselves, Mel. He is very famous. (laughs) (laughs) Must in his own country, Ollie. Everywhere Mm -hmm. everyone knows Bruce Fordyce. He has completed, I believe, 30 comrades and won it nine times. He is synonymous with not only comrades but parkrun in South Africa. So thank you, Johan, for bringing us that uh, exclusive with Bruce and Jill. That's right. And, and little do our listeners know, Mel, <laughs> <laughs> that we actually, we actually issued a secret challenge to Johan. So secret that Johan didn't know either. He didn't know. <laughs> no, no. Surprise. Yes, yes. Uh, and that challenge was to interview not just Bruce but also Jill. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so, Ollie. We, Am I believable? Yep. <laughs> we are very excited to announce our latest Channel 5 news crew member, no other than Johan Duvenage. That's me clapping. I'm taking a fine for that. Uh, welcome, Johan. And uh, we have certainly enjoyed a number of roving reports. Multiple. Yeah, over from you know, not just South Africa, but you know, really showcasing. Um, Swatini. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, wonderful parts of that great continent. So uh, thank you, Johan. We look forward to many, many more. Um, that's going to be a big one to top. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, but Mel, is it time for the Consolidated Club Report? Let's move on, Ollie. The Adventurers Consolidated Club Report for the 29th of October 2022 of a total of 326 members, 262 took part at this date at 140 locations. The largest front as previously mentioned, was at the creek with 11 members plus Heather. Also, we had five adventurers volunteering at Ainsbury Heritage Trail Junior Park Run for Largest Frond. I don't know if that was the Largest Frond. Perhaps Shell Harbour could also beat that. I don't know, but that's a fine. Thanks, Mel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not sure we can beat that this week. Uh, Not that it's a competition. Who's counting? No. No, it's not a race. But we had park runners in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, South Africa, USA, Namibia and Denmark. Queensland topped the table this week with 32 events. That's a bit of a shock. Mm. Mm. Victoria was 29, 24 in New South Wales with South Australia and WA on nine each. We had five on the North Island, three in ACT, while there were two in Tasmania and two on the South Island. Lots of venturing, lots of park running, lots of volunteering as well, of course, and well done to the Pineapple State. Let's not go there. Let's not talk about that. Moving straight along. 
moving swiftly on, moving... Looking to the future, yes. Correct. Yes. Uh, We we don't Uh, really know what's in the future, do we? No, we don't. No, we haven't got anything looking forward. Uh, I think there will be some ugly singlets turning up in mailboxes in the next week. Yes, yes. And, well, no, that's a good point. It's a good reminder looking forward. It was mentioned in the podcast by none other than uh, Associate of the uh, Ugly Christmas Singlet or Shirt Day Elves. Mel Urbacher, suggesting that um, us or, or you lot are far too beautiful and we need more ugly out there. Oh, really? Yeah. There's going to be another release. Oh, <laughs> yes. So, Renee, Abby's mum, Renee, here is your reminder. And Scott, who also needs to order, because <laughs> there's no free visors for any of us, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, look out for upcoming news on the Ugly Christmas singlet and shirt page uh, that a release, a second chance release will be imminent. But for those people that did the right thing and listened to the instructions and ordered on time, we should be expecting deliveries in our mailbox very soon. Very exciting. I look forward to cracking it out. But uh, in the meantime, Mel, uh, where's Parkrun taking you next week? I'm not ready to think about that yet, Ollie. It's too soon. I don't know. And uh, it's it's such a cop-out, isn't it? Um, no, not at all. I not might all. be thinking about getting to Bort, which is Knowles Park, Park Run. I haven't got there yet. I need to catch that event up to regain my complete set of Victorian events. Uh, yeah, there's still a lot of floodwaters around in Victoria, so yeah, I think I'll get there. I could also just jump in the car and go for a very long drive. I just I don't know. What about you? Let's change the subject. There's <laughs> always a bit of love for home. And that's certainly my plan for the weekend. We have a few, a few of our Shell Harbour Park runners with a, a couple of milestones to celebrate. So I'm looking forward to being there and and welcoming back some of the adventurers to celebrate that. I'm really hoping to to stay at home until I'm travelling in a couple of weeks. So that'll be me, probably volunteering. Ooh, travelling in a couple of weeks. That'll be the mm-hmm. Tassie mm-hmm. trip, won't it? That's right. That's right. So yes, the plan is Queen's Domain. Uh, it's a fleeting trip to Tassie with Kathy, and uh, I am certainly planning on doing Queen's Domain on the Saturday morning. Excellent. Mm, that's the 19th, so that's a couple of weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But heaps of time, heaps of time. It is, Ollie. Well, we have crammed as much as we could, and we apologise if this week's pod has gone longer than – but you had a short one last week, so. Well, it was it was still, still about an hour, but yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> was it? Oh. Okay, with this roving report. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that, that's all right. It was totally, totally worth the long pod this week. Mel, I think, you know, listening to uh, the wonderful interview and uh, hearing a bit more of Phil's achievements and, and all of the catch-up, it's been great to get to catch up again. Thank you very much. And thank you for being my fellow adventurer out there camping in the rain. <laughs> we had fun. Camping is really underrated. It is fun. I really enjoyed it. I think camping is much more social and I will do it again. I just need a few more adventurers to join me on my camping trips. I'm getting better and better at it. But, Ollie, uh, we've talked long enough this week. 
the pod is going to be a big one. As always, you can contact us via Facebook or our email, which is parkrunadventures at gmail.com. That is it for another week. We'll see you all next week for more adventures. My name is Asher. On Saturday, my grandpa Luke and his friend Patrick are doing their 100th park run. I'm very, very, very proud of them. They'll be at Shell Harbour Park Run. My grandma is the office lady, so please don't find me for saying Shell Harbour Melon, Ollie.